Welcome to Taxing Poetic. Uh, I'm your host, Tim, with Jenny and our producer, JB. Hey. Hey. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about Wayfair, which is not just a furniture store on the internet. And Jenny, I see you have champagne. I do have champagne. I wish I could say it was for my birthday or something exciting, but I know you and I know, because we're sales tax nerds, that this year is the five-year anniversary of Wayfair. Oh, so exciting. We should all raise a glass. We should raise a glass. Raise a glass to Wayfair. Amen. Because for sales tax professionals like us, it is the gift that keeps on giving <laughs> the whole year through, Clark. Absolutely. Well, Jenny, why don't you talk a little second about uh, what what is Wayfair? Like, why are we actually talking about this internet company and, and kind of give us just a quick synopsis uh, behind Wayfair itself? Absolutely. Again, for sales tax nerds like us, we just call it Wayfair. Hey, Wayfair, Wayfair. But maybe for someone like JB, you know, Sales Tax 101, Wayfair is actually short for a Supreme Court case called Wayfair versus South Dakota. Awesome. Yes. And the actual anniversary of the date of when Wayfair was passed was June 21st, 2018. And it was a landmark decision which really turned our uh, industry upside down. Uh, turning the industry upside down basically because of what, like prior to Wayfair, what were the, you know, reasons or what did you actually have to do to meet the requirement to actually register an estate? Well, well, first of all, I had to buy my furniture somewhere else before Wayfair, <laughs> but now that there is Wayfair, but you mean from sales tax perspective? Yes. Yes. Um, before Wayfair, you could sell, um, anything online. I actually furnished my first house that I yeah. ever purchased from Amazon purchases and not paying a penny's worth of sale. Yes, that was, I know. It, it was actually a huge play for the longest time, right? Because Amazon, you could buy things, e-commerce retailers, they wouldn't charge you sales tax and people knew the ins and outs. Actually, there's a number of different sales tax cases that all kind of not really are, I will say are impacted by Wayfair, but are kind of intertwined and have mm -hmm. similar type issues, right? Absolutely. But, um, you know, thinking about the foundational cases behind say, sales tax, right? So back, going all the way mm -hmm. back in history, 1967, right? And we look at Bella, National Bella Hess yes. versus Illinois. Mm -hmm. And understanding that was like the first case that actually set the standard for physical presence, yes. right? And yes. saying that a, a salesperson or uh, a mail order company actually had to establish what? Physical presence. Physical presence. Right, within a To be able to tax a company. That's exactly mm -hmm. right. Or have the requirement to actually right. tax someone, right? And mm -hmm. then about 10 years later, uh, the Supreme Court heard a case, which was complete auto transit, right? Complete auto transit versus Brady, which was actually a Mississippi case, a mm -hmm. Mississippi Tax Commission. Um, and it established the four prongs for sales tax, or what we consider the four prong test. And Jenny, what are those four prongs? Oh, gosh, now you're going to put me on the spot. <laughs> oh, boy. Get into oh, boy. quiz early. I know. There it's we not, go. It's not quiz time yet. No. I still yet. need to use the Google machine. Uh, well, how about I'll name two and you name two? That sounds awesome. Okay. How about you need to have substantial nexus? Beautiful. Yes. Um, you also can't discriminate against interstate commerce. There you go. So non-discriminatory tax, and then it needs to be fairly apportioned. Correct. Right? And then the last one is it has to be a fair relation to services. Yes. So a company has to be able to have, like, police services, fire services, and things of that nature. So that was all kind of a big thing 
um, with Complete Auto Transit back in 1977 and establishing a little bit further definition of what physical presence would actually entail in that four-prong test. And then we fast forward all the way to 1992 and Quill, Quill versus the state of North Dakota, mm -hmm. which all Quill really did was truly re-cement the Bella Hess decision and actually look at the requirements for collection of tax, but more from a use tax uh, lens, from the use tax mm -hmm. side, right? Because North Dakota was actually trying to enforce um, with the Quill Company that they had to collect kind of like a retailer's use tax from their customers mm -hmm. using products within the state. Mm -hmm. And Quill was like, no, absolutely not. We don't have physical presence. We don't have a requirement. And the Supreme Court kind of agreed with them. Right. Well, based on the previous decisions, Supreme Court decisions, like you say, stare, de stare deciding, stare, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Stare uh, deciduous. Uh, Jenny did not get an A in Latin, and we will no. not quiz her on, on Latin <laughs> phrases, but stare decisis, right? Yes. So, yes. Um, <clears throat> but then we get into the Wayfair um, decision and actually what occurred with the current Supreme Court um, ruling uh, five years ago, excuse mm -hmm. me. And it they really had to take a step back and kind of analyze the economic marketplace, right? And, well, and the, sorry, the, the world had changed when mm -hmm. you think about it um, since these cases, previous cases you mentioned were decided. Mm -hmm. And it changed quickly, as we all know. You know, the internet was thank, invented. Thank you, Al Gore. Yes, the yes. internet was invented. Right. And companies like Amazon exploded quickly because ordering stuff online is freaking cool and, <laughs> and very how many convenient. Times, how many times does the Amazon truck stop at your house on a daily basis? <laughs> a lot. Basis? Okay. Like JB said the other day, JB says, if I don't order something once a day, they think I'm dead and come check on me. <laughs> and I totally feel that and I feel seen. Oh God, I love it. Yes. So, but you're right. I remember for years uh, prior to Wayfair, uh, us sales tax professionals talking about that, just how crazy it is, you know, that Amazon is a billion dollar business and doesn't collect sales tax. Yeah. And, and that was, and you go back to these other cases you were just talking about, like uh, Bella Hess, uh, Bella's Hess, however you say it. Um, and you think about how these states like North Dakota and South Dakota and various others are going back, you know, to, um, you know, they're, they want their um, they fair want their share. Yeah, yeah. They, they want their fair well, share. They, they want their fair cut. Yeah, and they feel like even though we don't have a physical store representative in the state, you know, you're still driving your trucks into our state to deliver your products. Yep. Uh, you know, you're still using our fire and police protection if something um, happens. So yeah, is it, um, you know, the whole due process? Right. Is it? Um, is it? Is it fairly? Is it? Is it? Is it fair? And so, um, like you say, the Supreme Court really just sided with the, yeah, we don't, you don't have physical presence. It's just not, we can't rule in favor of, of uh, uh, online sales. There you it's go. Just, it's just weird. And, oh, I mean, and ultimately, <laughs> I mean, and, and that's what they kind of, you know, had previously taken, or, or should I say they, they hadn't really taken up um, listening to a case, right? Or, or right. Um, wanting to grant writ of certiorari to, to you know, a, a particular case to actually opine on this because they were waiting for Congress, right? Mm -hmm. So if you actually read um, Justice Kennedy's opinion, the majority opinion on the ruling in Wayfair is really, really kind of interesting because, I mean, he, he flat out blasted Congress mm -hmm. in, in the opinion and how exciting it is to go read a Supreme Court opinion, but you all should actually take a few minutes and actually read it if you're interested. Um, and you can hear the tonality that he said because of Congress's inability to create bipartisan legislation, mm -hmm. right, to actually address this issue, the Supreme Court actually came out and for, for one of the very few times in their history, they admitted that they were wrong. Um, and they said, we should never have opined on Quill. 
Um, we're actually going to remand our position back to the complete auto transit case, mm -hmm. and we're going to focus on substantive economic presence, right? The substantial right. economic uh, nexus component, um, which then they said it's not our position to define what substantial economic presence is and, and, and what that threshold may be. We're going to leave it up to the states. And that's where you had South Dakota, you know, come up with the first thresholds, right? $100,000 in economic nexus, 200 transactions, which is, you know, really important. Um, and, you know, it, it effectively did change our compliance jobs forever, yes. right? Because what it, I mean, now you have companies instead of being required where they have a physical presence like in Georgia or Florida, right? if they're meeting these economic nexus thresholds everywhere throughout the, you know, the world or throughout the United States, excuse me, they have to now collect tax. Exactly. And they have to remit it. Yes. Okay. Yes. And creates lots of registrations and... Yes, our, our industry exploded. It meant every company, um, you know, the thresholds at the beginning, I think, were around the $100,000 mark. Mm -hmm. Yep. If you had gross sales of any kind into a state in that amount you might have nexus and you need to start collecting sales tax. And so and people thought that this was like kind of the end all be all, right? Like right. it was like, oh, okay, we're just going to stop now. And we've got this economic presence thing and mm -hmm. there's going to be no more sales tax cases ever heard. Mm -hmm. No, that's not the case. I mean, we still now have sure. changes. There's, there's people who are increasing their thresholds There's states that are getting rid of the transaction based threshold, which I mean, was crazy to begin with, right? If you think about a transaction threshold and 200 transactions, you have somebody on Etsy, you know, I, I always, Jenny hears me talk about this I all know. the time in front of prospects, poor grandma. Poor grandma. I know, poor grandma who's like making, sad. you know, little potholders and stuff and selling them on Etsy for five to $7. Right. She sells 200 of them in the state of Colorado. She now has to register for sales tax, right? And um, if Etsy wasn't a marketplace facilitator, and we won't even talk about marketplace facilitators because that's a completely separate discussion with right. remote sellers. I mean, they're kind of joined together, but we're really focusing on the economic nexus piece and the Wayfair piece today. We'll talk about uh, uh, yeah, we'll do marketplace a on marketplace at some point. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, that's another component, right? But if if you do sell greater than 200 transactions, you are legally required to, you know, collect sales and use tax. Exactly. And you may only have $1,000 in taxable sales. So mm -hmm. some of these states are reviewing these thresholds and making adjustments um, kind of as we're moving forward. And obviously, we still have to talk about the taxability of items too, right? Sure. Just because you have an economic nexus somewhere doesn't mean that your products are taxable. Right. Or if you're doing wholesale sales, right? Like right. in Illinois. Yes. Right? If you, yes. if you do a million dollars in wholesale um, you know, sales in, in, inside of Illinois, do you have to register for sales tax? Possibly not, right? The states come back to us and certain states have said, if 100% of your transactions are exempt, we don't want you registering here. Right. Right. We don't want to deal with the paperwork just as much as you don't. So it's still really important to absolutely and meet that's, with uh, people like us and, right. you know, our other, you know, uh, accounting uh, advisors in the uh, sales and use tax space to actually give you some guidance on this. Absolutely. They are the exception to the rule, I would say. Even if you make millions of dollars in sales and none of them are taxable, uh, you still need to report them because then, you know, there's also a retailer. Uh, selling your wholesale products <laughs> that also That's has right. report tax that they need to match up against uh, as far as audits go, you know, just making sure uh, you have dotted all the I's and crossed the T's with, you know, whether you have nexus or not yep. with reporting. Absolutely. And, 100%. Yes. And so Wayfair, uh, not only just super impactful and important to us as sales tax professionals, but I think it's just a testament to uh, the the government, our, our branches of government working quickly uh, for once, like tr to try to keep up with what's happening 
in in the world in the global economy and marketplace. Well, and this is where you get to find that Jenny and I will sometimes <laughs> disagree, and and you can look at Wayfair and actually say that it was because of our branches of government not working quickly. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it actually came about, but because <laughs> because it is the one, like you say, it's one of the few cases where they say they were wrong. That's right. They were wrong, exactly and so right. and they said that because I don't know if anyone ever anticipated, you know, everything. They didn't anticipate the growth of, of right e-commerce, of right, e-commerce. And, and the way and, that it was going to expand. And the states really losing out on a lot of revenue. I completely agree. Uh, much needed and yeah. and and fairly needed uh, because of the um, because of online sales. Well, so. let's. Uh, oh yeah. We're gonna pop into our uh, pop quiz hot shot section here. I know. So, kind of introduced this a little while ago, and the fact that we're gonna be actually teeing up a quiz of each other and keeping score throughout the uh, podcast year. And comparing brain pans, if you will, and whoever's got the uh, highest score at the end of our measured segment, (laughs) um, whether it be 10 episodes or 12 episodes or however long we continue to do this, um, the other person has to read a positive statement that that is constructed by the other individual. So that's going to be an awesome... I'm writing mine right now. I know. Well, (laughs) you can write it and you can light it on fire because I'm going to (laughs) win. We're both just a tag competitive. <laughs> just a little bit. So, um, all right. So, I feel like, wait, 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 hold on. I feel like I need a handicap like in golf for this. It's like, you know, you're you're chat GPT and I'm just, you know, maybe Yahoo search engines. You're setting yeah. me up like big time. Like, like literally, I'm. <laughs> he he was over three. This is going to look tough. I'm, I, mean, I know. And I feel like mine are not that hard. And mm-hmm. anyway, all right. We'll just see how this well, goes. I'm not going to lie. Like, I give okay. you two, I'm giving you two easy ones, but I also oh. got a difficult one in here. So, oh, okay. all right. So, here. So you're here, going first. Okay. Here's the first one. I'm okay. going to. I'm, I'm gonna roll off. You want to alternate? You want to go one for one? Oh, okay. I love it. Yeah, yeah JB. Okay. JB. Okay. Right. Okay. One to one. All right, one. Here we go. Here we okay. Go. All right. So, what is the average transaction count threshold for remote sellers in a state to trigger Nexus? I'd say the the average has to be two hundred. Oh, give her one, JV. <gasps> yes, her one. did I get it? You got it right. Yes. There you go. It used got to be right. 100, or some states it's 100, yeah. isn't it? Or some it states be... it is 100, but most right. states went to $100,000 in sales and 200 transactions. That's right. Yeah. Okay. All right. But a lot of states have started getting rid of the transaction threshold. Thank you, Colorado. Yes. Um, and, and other states. So, yes. Yes. Good stuff. All there right. Yay, me. Okay. Yep. All right. So here's one of mine for you, Tim. This is really easy. I'm just teeing you up. How many states have enacted Wayfair laws? 45. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, part two. Oh, no, God. I'm gonna, oh I should I save that? Yeah. Should I do my next question? You. Yeah, one sure. question. One, one question. question for you in yeah. 27 yes. equal subdivided parts. parts. <laughs> All right, it's one to one. All right, one, one to one. one. Okay, okay. All right, it's me. Uh-huh. Okay. What is the type of nexus called that looks at dollar thresholds? Oh, economic nexus. Oh, Yay! Oh, yes. good. Wow. Yes. All right. Gold <laughs> star enough. for me. Gold star for you. Okay. So this is kind of a subset of my last question. You just said 45 states have enacted warfare laws. Which state was the last one to do so? Uh, that would have been Missouri. Oh, my gosh. Way to yes. go, Tim. Cheers to you. Uh, yeah, you know, chat GPT over that here. Champagne. Open that Open AI. Yes. Now, <laughs> now you really have to get the third one right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here comes Jenny's Brain Buster. This is going to be awesome. Get any more Brain Busters for me? Here it comes. Okay. Um, who was the justice that filed the dissenting opinion in the Wayfair case? I have read this. Oh, goodness. Um, don't tell me. 
Scalia? No. D- Thomas? No. I mean, she should get seven guesses. Or... I know, right? No, she No, nine. Not. It would I get be nine. 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 Yeah. But no. <laughs> Anyways, Jenny, it's John Roberts. Uh, I knew that. <laughs> All right, what's your last question? Fire it at me. I don't know if it's so much um, Wayfair related. I just always think this is a little bit of fun trivia. What year was sales tax first implemented? We're doing a plus minus. Does he have to hit it exact? Um, I don't know. Take I want to say it was like 1937 or something like that. I actually thought it was in the 30s as well, but it was 1921. Do you know which state and why? I'm sure you know why. Uh, which state had the first sales tax? I want to say it was like West Virginia. Yes! Yeah, it was West Virginia, and it had to do something with liquor, right? I, th- I think what I've learned is that it was a way to raise revenue during the Depression. Oh, yeah. Beginning of, you know. Oh, well, actually, it wouldn't have been liquor because that was right in the smack in the middle of Prohibition. Right. Because, yeah, they had just actually started Prohibition. Yeah. Now, dumb, dumb response, Tim. 20 to... 33. Uh, but yes, no. Yeah, I knew it was West Virginia because yeah. actually I had to research a beer tax in West Virginia for oh, one of oh, our yeah. clients. One of our clients. And right. West Virginia like put all over one of their websites that they had were the first state to ever enact a tax. I was like, wow. I, don't I know. know. I know. I thought it was Mississippi, but yeah. Mississippi was one of the first ones. There but, you go. but it was all mostly related like consumption taxes for, you know. Raising money. There you go. For the states. Yep. If you're keeping track at home, that's uh, two points for Jenny and two points for Tim. He got a bonus question I feel that like didn't he... count. I know. <laughs> so he's going to want, if you guys end up tying at the end of the year, he's going to want, he's going to remember. I know. Episode. That's fair. Like, There's an that's asterisk. Fair. That was a good one, though, with Roberts. And yeah. that was awesome. our first one, so it's two to two for the year. I need to do more studying. So we're going to talk for a quick second, though, about some oddities related to Wayfair. Yes. Right? And... Um, <clears throat> some of the interesting things that have kind of been byproducts of, of the whole, um, you know, Wayfair situation. And one of those is our, one of our favorites, Colorado. Yes. Right. And their wonderful retail delivery fee. Yes. Right. And you, Jenny, what's, what, what's up with the retail delivery fee? What is it? I feel like Colorado decided it wasn't enough, you know, just tax <laughs> sales, okay. whatever. Use tax. They want further um, compensation, I believe, for uh, keeping up their roadways okay. and transportation. At least that's, that's, that's the way they framed it. That's the way they framed it. Okay. It's kind of a, almost a transportation tax, in my mind, is how I think about it. 27 cents. Yes. Right. 27 cents per item, right? Actually, per taxable transaction. Taxable transaction. That's yes. Right. Per taxable Into transaction. Into the state. That's right. And so you have to count. And it doesn't matter. Like, it's any kind of motorized vehicle, right? Yes. So unless you're delivering by... A bicycle or a horse and hay cart, um, dog, carrier pigeon, you can avoid the tax if you're doing using any of those. But yes. if you're using any kind of motorized vehicle, mm-hmm. then you're host. Golf you gotta, cart? I think golf cart will qualify. I think so, too. Yeah. It uses the roads. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? So. But it was really kind of interesting how they passed it, mm-hmm. right? If you, if you actually think about it, and, and the reason we're bringing this up, um, Colorado has uh, some very interesting... Um, segments inside of their law about 
legislative procedure and policy, mm -hmm. right? And I'm not going to get into the nuances of it, but effectively, if if a certain type of legislation is going to create X amount of revenue within the state, it typically has to go to voters if it meets or exceeds a certain threshold. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, what they ended up doing is with this retail delivery fee, to get it passed through the legislation without having to go to a public vote, mm -hmm. they split it up into five independent sections, which is oh. really kind of sneaky. It is sneaky. Yes. Yeah. And so some people are not very happy about that because they bypass the citizen or the public vote to actually enact this retail delivery fee. So we're pretty sure that it's going to get challenged at some point. That's some right? house of cards stuff right there. It seriously is. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's ruffled a lot of feathers. And yeah. we're expecting to see some lawsuits over this one. But yeah, the Colorado retail delivery fee, mm -hmm. if you don't know about it, you need to ask one of your tax providers yes. about it. It's kind of important. Yes. Actually has its own return too. So, yes. And they'll just add it to your profile. That's they exactly. They don't even ask you. <laughs> no, it's no. like, you'll just log in or get a notice and they're like, hey, you owe us 27 cents. Per transaction. Per transaction. There you and go. Yeah. We've had some clients scrambling about that. So. And one the, the, the key thing to understand though, too, is that it is per transaction. So if you have 500 items in a transaction, you only get charged the 27 right. cents once, right? Right. Okay. Exactly. So then we're going to talk about Illinois, right? <clears throat> yes. Illinois, and they passed this wonderful level the playing field um, act or level the playing field legislation, which was supposed to <clears throat> kind of put and everyone. You just made you just made air quotes. There. Oh yeah, I did. Sorry. Yeah, my favorite air yeah, quotes. Air quotes. Yeah. Air quotes. Supposed to. I, everyone can see how <laughs> everyone can see how good I smell. <laughs> so and, and no, but yes. Um, stealing one of JB's jokes. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but in Illinois, this level the playing field uh, legislation was supposed to bring everyone into truly an equal standing with regards to Illinois's sourcing rules, right? In Illinois for the non-tax geeks that are out there, have has very, very interesting sourcing laws with regards to origin-based sourcing. Explain sourcing. Uh, so sourcing is what, how you actually identify, thank you for asking that. Uh, of course. It's um, how you identify the tax rate for a particular transaction. Okay. Right? Um, Illinois, you know, it typically uses kind of modified origin-based sourcing um, where you, you would typically use where the origin of the item is actually being shipped from. Okay. Okay? Um, or if you're looking at you know, where an order is being administered. So if you have an office in Cook County and you take the order in Cook County, which is city of Chicago or outlying areas, and you ship it from like Rosemont, Illinois, and you move it to Springfield, Illinois, mm -hmm. you're actually going to use the Cook County sales tax rate because that's mm -hmm. where the order was actually administered from, right? Well, what this level the playing field law says is anyone who has a physical presence inside of the state of Illinois and ships goods from outside of the state of Illinois into Illinois gets to use destination-based sourcing, and they only have to collect at the state rate. Mm -hmm. So think about that. So Jenny has her office and mm -hmm. all of her team inside of the city of Chicago, mm -hmm. and she has a warehouse that's in St. Louis, Missouri, and she ships all of her goods into Illinois from St. Louis, Missouri. She only has to collect at 6.25%. Okay. But... If I do not have an office or any physical presence in Illinois and my warehouse is outside of Illinois and I ship into Illinois, I have to use destination-based sourcing and I have to collect all the local taxes. So if I ship into the city of Chicago, I got to collect upwards of 13%. How is does... that a possible prong violation? Oh, what prong would that be, Jenny? 
maybe number three. Uh, the discriminatory yes, tax? Yes, discriminatory. 100%. Yes. Right? So not picking on the state of Illinois, but hey, guess what, guys? <laughs> you kind of maybe have a tax issue. And a lot of people have written some articles about this. It's going to be quite interesting. There's some people challenging this through tax tribunals and other you know, uh, avenues. But um, it, it is a very, very interesting case of a discriminatory tax. And mm -hmm. we haven't really seen a discriminatory tax and at least this blatant of a discriminatory right. tax in the sales tax world in many, many years. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see how this shakes out over the next I know. Months. It is surprising that after all the already tried and decided cases against discriminatory tax, it's one of the easiest ones to prove. Exactly. And it's just interesting that they would do that. Yep. Well, and it just goes to show, like when you were talking about mm -hmm. earlier, how fast... Right. Governments were trying to react to yes. the Wayfair decision, and they did react very quickly. Yes. Like after the Supreme Court issued their opinion, I mean, within weeks you had Minnesota that mm -hmm. was like one of the first states that came out and said, "Oh, hey, guess what? You exceed this threshold, you got to register in our state." Boom, ready to rock and roll. Mm -hmm. And some other states took their time and kind of evaluated and tried to figure some things out. Texas was a great example. Mm -hmm. You know, our friends in Texas always love to take you know thoughtful. Um, approaches to taxation, and I, I believe, and in, in the mm -hmm. way that they actually administer their tax. And they waited to see what threshold that they were going to establish, whereas other states have just been ratcheting up those thresholds because of their quick reaction, right? Natural reaction of, oh my gosh, we got to do something right now. Right. Well, I think that's what happened in Illinois. I think you had some people that reacted and were like, man, there's a bunch of people that are getting hosed on this, you know, remote seller thing, mm -hmm. and we got to fix this, and we got to create an equal playing field for everybody. Well, they just wrote a law that completely violated every component of complete auto transit. Well, <laughs> so. I'm thinking, JB, just make sure you're keeping track of everyone we've offended. Um, so oh, yes. Illinois, gotta... Colorado. Okay. Mm -hmm. just uh, long if you're yes, keeping list. list of everybody that I'm going to offend, <laughs> you're going to have a very long list by the end of this uh, Al Gore. I think Al we offended yeah, him. Al Gore's on there. Yeah. Okay, so. good. I'm just making sure you're... Okay. Absolutely. Jenny, you do, the, do you do the third one. I've heard Tim talk for like 40 minutes. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh, the transaction count. Yes. <laughs> uh, just per Tim's, uh, you know, example earlier, my poor grandma doing her needlepoint and selling. I mean, and I buy these things off of Etsy. I have bought many of a um, sassy needlepoint uh, cross stitch saying that I have framed for friends. You know, like that's what she said, or maybe some of cats. I don't know, but I buy these things. Keyboard cat? Yes, keyboard cat, you know, <laughs> tapping away at the keys. So there's some fun stuff there. Uh, Golden Girls, I bought a Stay Golden one. So oh yeah, so then, you know, there's just real people, I'm just saying, there's real people out there like me buying from grandmas and Etsy of their needlepoint, of their patterns and all that stuff. So if my favorite uh, seller on Etsy sells 200 of those to me, which I'm not quite there yet. Not quite at 200. Okay. Yeah. Supposedly, like you say, according to the law, she has to register with um, maybe if she sold them to me in the state of Georgia and she's right. in Florida shipping those to me, you know, she had to register uh, with the state of Georgia and charge sales tax. If she was like directly selling them to you, right? Correct. So like, cause through that's Etsy, Etsy may have the requirement well, to go ahead that's and true. collect on her behalf. But, but, but that's this is just in a broad sense. Right. Yes. So like Keeping Etsy things quite simple. Correct. Yes. yes. That Etsy would have to collect on her behalf, but it would have to be remitted. And that's that right. she would have to add that to her uh, price. S state that I'm filing in list. And, exactly. And she, yeah, she'd have to add yes. it to her price. So um, again, trying to keep up with the times and online marketplace sellers and ver you, small versus big. I feel like that's... That's something else, like you have said previously, that's been reviewed. That do you think that mm -hmm. it, um, 
Do you think that there's a business case that can be made for people? Does it create some form of competitive advantage if you don't register in a state? Oh, absolutely. Why is that? Because the cost of your <laughs> your item is less. Right, exactly. You don't charge, it's just like it's the Amazon So we typically issue. talk to clients sometimes and right. they'll say, well, my competitor's not charging sales right. tax and why do I have to go and charge it because you're telling me that I have to charge it, Because uh, right? that's what my teenagers say to me. Like, oh, my friend's not doing that. Why do I have to do that? Well, exactly, like, yeah, right? And, well, and that law doesn't work in business. No, it doesn't work yeah. either. Yeah. And, <laughs> so. And, and, and the slowest person running is the one that usually gets eaten by the bear. Correct. So you don't want to be the one that's, uh, you know, getting yeah. eaten by the state of California. Yeah. So, so yeah, to tell your competitor <clears throat> good luck with their future audit and, uh, you know, exactly. Penalties. And do the so, right thing and do the right thing. Exactly. Uh, and, th and that was the issue with, uh, you know, Amazon for so many years, not only are they uh, boxing out the big box stores just through the convenience, but they're also weren't having to charge sales tax. Exactly. So and that's why the very lower. first, believe it or not, one of the very first pieces of legislation that was put up in Congress was actually called the Marketplace Fairness Act. Yes. Yeah. Marketplace right? Fairness Marketplace Act. Marketplace Fairness. And it was all yes. about like keeping things fair because yes. Wally World and, and Target yes. and all those wonderful places had to charge and collect sales tax where Amazon didn't. Exactly. Right? Yes. So it's just not fair. It's I not. also hear that from my teenagers. So <laughs> at that uh You know what so, my dad used to tell me? What? You know what fair is? What? Where you go to kiss a pig and get a blue ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've ever kissed a pig at a fair. I yeah, mean, you know. uh, <laughs> hey, I don't know if you've been watching this uh, on video, but you might have noticed my hair looks better now, and the champagne bottle is gone. Yeah. Yeah, and we're not going to talk about what happened to the champagne bottle. Nope. Nope. So we're just moving on. We're moving on. We're moving on to, Quickly, grill to the grilling the producer. Yes. Okay. So this is when we get to see if JV's actually been breathing through his eyelids or has actually been paying attention. There was a good section there in the middle when I looked up and I was like, how long have I been sitting here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So depending I mean, on when you at, like what part you're going to ask me about, we'll find out. Biggest thing that, I, that, that I'm, I'm curious if you picked up on is um, regarding economic nexus and what truly is economic nexus. Like what's the requirement for you to collect sales tax in most states? I would ask... Well, JB, I will grill you and just ask you now, what do you think if I said, hey, Wayfair? Like, what does Wayfair mean? Oh, if you had to tell your wife, if you went home to your wife right. tonight and she said, hey, what'd you talk about t right. today at your podcast? And you and you said Wayfair. And she said, what's Wayfair? What so would you it say? A, it's a court case in one of the Dakotas. Yes. one of. But I yes. don't know if the... It's the, the, it's, the import, it's the important Dakota. The, it's north, the, the, the south, south is the, the important. All right, so I'm going to write down. So I'm going to add North Dakota yeah, to we our offended. list of people to. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, North Dakota. To. We did offend. Um, the uh, it's so where I was the U.S. District who, Court is. So who won? So South Dakota won. The South. So when it was like when it's Wayfair versus South Dakota, South Dakota winning. That's good. That it, well, I mean, define good. Like it, it was. It was bad for Wayfair. It was bad for Wayfair <laughs> and bad for you know e-commerce companies, but it was great for us as as tax advisors and compliance you know solution uh, individuals. So and for yeah. the states, cool. Yeah, and for the states, states it was great for the revenue. states. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, well, uh, Dakota's got a lot of play today. I know. Oh, right? really I don't did. know if I've ever been involved in a conversation that brought up both Dakotas. It, it is. I know. Like, that's right, because Quill. Isn't Quill North Dakota? Yeah, Quill is North Dakota. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So all the sales tax stuff, Dakotas, coming in strong. Any other recap stuff? Economic Nexus. What do you know about Economic Nexus? <coughs> yeah, that's... Oh, so I actually wrote down that you didn't bring that up. Okay. So <laughs> I must have just missed it. 
<laughs> wow. So, uh, so you can go to ChatGPT and check that out later <laughs> yes. on. And we can we can recap your ChatGPT answer in one of our future episodes. How so about what that? Is, what is the big information you wanted me to make sure I got about? <laughs> Economic, Economic nexus. nexus. $100,000 is the baseline threshold in most states. Okay. And we say most states because the larger states like California, New York, Texas have much larger thresholds. There's a couple of other states that have higher thresholds than 100. But 100 is about the minimum. Right? We would love to leave that little nugget with our listeners, love which it. is if your company has gross sales of $100,000 in a particular state, you need to talk to a tax professional. That's exactly it. I mean, you you legitimately need to get in front of a uh, uh, of a sales tax uh, professional to actually help you do a, a nexus study. If you have not done a nexus study yet, being as it's the what the five year anniversary of five year anniversary. Right? Like if you haven't conducted a thorough nexus study of your of your sales and and, and what your business is doing. You need to contact someone. And it's not retro, what's the word, retroactive, like before right. 2018? Right. Right. So if you're, if the states you are selling in have enacted those laws, you need to talk to somebody. That's exactly right. I mean, and the big thing is, is that if you haven't been registered in these states, this is the last thing I'll probably leave you with, is that... you know th there is something that's called unlimited look back. Now, we don't typically see a lot of states enforce unlimited look back. But if they know that you willfully have been avoiding registering for sales tax in those states, they, they could argue fraud. They, mm -hmm. they could say that you've been fraudulent in your approach to your business activities within those states, and they can enforce the tax in greater than their statute of limitations. Most states' statute of limitations for legal perspective is, is three years. But some of these states can come upwards four or five years for assessments back to the original enacting date of their Wayfair laws. Let's be honest, a lot of states didn't really get into gear until, right. you know, they didn't the, until 2020. Right. Right. It's exactly. usually 20, you know, right. and end of 2019, beginning of 2020 is when a right. lot of states started passing legislation. So. so, yeah, you need to look at the last few years of your sales and just make sure uh, you are in compliance with these states because they will find you. All right. And so um, thanks for listening. Thanks for taking the time, Jenny. Yes. It's great having you here today, as always. We have a oh. decent list of people we need to apologize oh. to. Oh, my I gosh. Also, oh, okay. I also right. have my haiku. And uh, Jenny is going to read her haiku that she wrote. Because uh, she's a poet and didn't uh, know it. I am a poet. So, I mean, yeah, people uh, that we have oh, offended, uh, Al Gore, uh, the Dakotas, uh, North Dakota, really, kind of specifically, uh, people who know how to pronounce Bella Hess or Bella Hess. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, the Colorado Roads, and Tim needs to apologize to me for stealing my joke. I'm sorry, JV, for stealing your okay. joke, but it was too good not to It was out. a good one. I'll, I'll leave you five bucks. Thank I you. Know. Oh, in Illinois. Oh, yeah, in the state of Illinois. Oh, that's yeah, right. we kind of attract some a little bit. Yes. A lot of people. There. So, Jenny, oh. you got a haiku for us? Yes. Um, since we're taxing poetic, I decided I'm going to try to write a haiku for every episode. And do you know what the rules are with a haiku, Tim? I have absolutely no idea. I know I, I did this like in, what was it, eighth or ninth grade at some point, but I know a limerick. I'm <laughs> sure you do. Maybe you can write one for the next episode, um, but JB won't air it. Nope. So my haiku, a haiku is three lines. The first line is five syllables. The second line, seven syllables. The third line is five syllables. Got it. Five, so seven, it's a lot five, of seven, five. it's a lot of this counting on your fingers, like right here. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So my haiku for today is: New couch from Wayfair, must pay sales tax in Georgia. Thanks a lot, Scotus. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> Tim was nervous. He was like, I don't no, know. Dude, about I know this his haiku. face was, was a little like. Oh, any oh. of you watching, you could absolutely go. Where is she taking this? Yeah. <laughs>
the people that didn't just click away once we said haiku. That's exactly <laughs> it. And we'll just go to the next episode. We'll just go to the next episode. All right, thanks everybody. And what else? You have to tell them to. Do oh yeah, and please subscribe. Uh, subscribe, and um, if you actually want to help us write episodes, if you have questions about you know anything in the sales tax world, you can feel free to email us. Um, we'll be happy to answer and include those questions in our podcast. And, and we love, as you can see, discussing sales tax topics <laughs> and even non-sales tax topics. Um, so f feel free to to you know email us with any questions that you. Yeah, want. this is fun for us. We love talking to each other, obviously, other people um, in our industry, outside of our industry, and just taxing poetic, obviously. So there you go. Taxing it's a poetic. lot of fun. And you don't have to listen to these episodes in order. We're going to segment them, you know, either by industry or area, topic. So, you know, just jump in wherever you want. And every state that's out there, don't feel that you haven't been slided because we haven't talked oh, about you yeah. yet. Oh, yeah. Because it's coming. Your time is We're, coming. Your time is coming. To be offended. And yeah, please call um, Tim Howe with your complaints. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. All right. Thank you. Good job.